Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a weekend edition of the Irrational Fan Podcast. Coming, coming to me, dragging himself from the infirmary, from the work-from-home infirmary, just fighting a little, little tickle, a little booger, a little, little cough here and there, just having a little down week there, Jens. Yeah, you are um, underselling it, but but um, I'm not doing great out here, Jess. I'm not on the brink of but anything. That, that extra low resonance that it's added to your yeah. voice is, is well, really, I, the, the listeners are going to be upset when you regain your health. I'm, <laughs> they like the timbre, the low bass. The timbre, you know, you're straight out of this. Like Your generation is not exactly the friend's generation, but you know we're the same Phoebe, generation. Phoebe's music career really took off when she got her cold and, and dropped oh, the whole yes. register for her sing-alongs. I do actually remember that. I've watched that show. I just want to make sure this is clear. Whether you like it or not, we're a part of the same generation, me and you. I feel like you're a little bit of a gen- generation like wall sitter. You, kinda... you just you prefer to be in an older generation, but I just, that's just because you're think an old you soul. You're, you're actually a 40-year-old man. You're like 10 years beyond your actual age. Let's move past it, but uh, <laughs> you're right. You and I are both millennials does millennial run through 99 is that what we determined or 97 because i don't Jer- think jeremiah's Jer- no our youngest out. brother was born in 99 so he is uh he's gen z properly what or what or is gen x no, gen, gen x is just starting no it's no, no. 96 gen x is gen x is like 80 or like early 80s and 70s what's the new one the gen one that's z? like or is no, there another no. one? Gen Z is like the teenage, like that's like Gen Z is Jeremiah. Uh, no. Gen, so one that's Gen happening. TikTok, Gen Talk. No, I mean Gen, but, Gen Screwed. We, we can't, we can't name them after something that is pro- potentially going to get banned. You know, we got to make it last. Uh, starting ninety-seven. So you were born in ninety-seven. You begin yep. Gen Z. Yep. So, so you are literally, I, you are literally the fence sitter. You're ninety-six, right? Yeah. I'm 95. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. close, baby. I'm close to the fence. The fence and I are great uh, so friends. Gen Z only runs through 2013. It feels like a short generation. So what is the current generation? What's the current. I thought it was Gen... generation called. Oh, Alpha. Oh, <laughs> of course. Generation wow, they're gonna embrace that. Alpha. Yo, I hope they are. You know, we need we need an alpha generation that's just ready to make the world right. I'm not sure I want a really confident generation that's been educated by social media. Hey, I've learned a lot from social media. <laughs> My golf swing you've is learned a lot of, by You've learned a lot media. of mental illnesses. <laughs> yeah. I, I've learned about mental illnesses and have picked up a few myself. Yes, Understanding that's Generation Alpha. I'm going to read this McCrindle article later on how to under, better understand Generation Alpha. Oh, wow. And they will be uh, Generation Alpha born, so this contradicts the previous statement slightly, 2010 to 2024. Oh, so okay. we're getting so, closer. We're almost we're almost running out of Gen Alpha, Generation Alpha here. Wow, Generation Alpha have yet to uh, fully you know be born yet. We haven't gotten to all of them. It's got two years left. Less than okay. two years. Wow. Get a couple more Gosh. alphas in there, and then all the beta males are start coming after that. <laughs> we'll have a beta, the experimental ones. They're just trying everything out. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, we're gonna. We're not gonna explore that anymore. <laughs> all right, folks. Thanks for coming along our generational excursion here. Yes. Uh, we are going to be talking to you today. 
You know, it might be a, a, a relatively quick pod turnaround, maybe the fastest combo of pods we, we've given you thus far. We're going to be bringing you a little NBA catch-up. We want to go through and talk about our um, NBA awards as the season's wrapping up. Most teams have only about five or six games left. You could quibble over a couple of the positions, maybe. But at this point, if you're the last five games of the season are really going to swing your opinion of the player, I don't know if that's really going to be the case. So we're going to go through our NBA awards. We're going to talk all NBA. So first team, second team, third team, all NBA. Touch on our MVPs, um, maybe a little player of the year, and then maybe a couple of our own uh, awards that we're going to touch on. Because, and you know, I, I, preempt, I preempt all that because... We are going to be going off on a little bit of a um, side excursion yet again next week because next week is Masters Week. And Masters Week is the holy week of the golf calendar. Um, it is the first major of the year. It is the it is the only major that is always played at the same course. So you get all the tradition. So we're going to be diving in with a Masters preview next week. So we wanted to catch up first uh, as we get into this last weekend of the NBA season as well, though, with some NBA talk. We got it all happening, Jensen. Uh, let's dive into it with none of that. And I hand it to you for our question of the day. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, the, the What some of the listeners truly come here for. Uh, we'll see if it's my best work, Jesse. This can be a, a quick uh, question of it. I feel like I always downplay my questions, and they're usually fine. Well, you did just think of it 48 seconds ago. So, See, now here's the thing. is We were talking about the bets that we made on our NBA team, so you said let the listener come to its own conclusion. You don't need to out me like that, man. It was no, not necessary. They had we're no a idea how long it We're a transparent operation, you know? All right. Well, we put $5. We've all got a bets. former Anyways. president getting indicted on his shady business practices. I just, I want it, I want it all out there. You know, accountability Good. is key. Good. Just want to make sure the listener knows they can trust what's happening here. That's why all those NBA players are putting out podcasts. They're just sharing how they feel <laughs> right after those games. That's right. We're, and we're here for it. All right. Question of the day. Jesse, our, our country is looking for particular individuals to compete in what we will call everyday Olympics. Now, what this means, they're knocking on your door and they're saying, sir, we heard you are the best at X when it comes to everyday normal activities, but we are actually creating Olympic games based on everyday normal activities. What would you say to them that you're best just day-to-day thing you do is at an Olympic level with, you know, the rest of everyone else in the world, just the thing that you do. So what is my, what is my Olympic level existence skill? Yeah. Just what you do. What is something you think you crush like Mm. just day in and day out? Interesting. Uh, you know, a couple things come to mind quick. The at-home coffee, very good at the at-home coffee. Consistent too. Um, and it's a it's a ritual. I don't miss a day yep. on the coffee. Even if I'm going somewhere where there's coffee, I still make my morning coffee because I just I don't like leaving my house without that morning. So that that's that you know really I, that's something that I I think I do particularly well, particularly often. Um, but you know what? I think when it really comes down to it, that my above and beyond skill. You know, Jens, if you ever need to just completely unnecessarily save 
uh, let's estimate like 42 seconds on a 10 minute car ride. I am your guy. Oh, I am a, okay. I am the lane switcher. I am the, you know, I'm just, I'm a, I'm flowing through traffic. I am a, I'm a very intentional driver of, you know, to the point where it doesn't even matter, but I'm the guy that if there's, if I'm pulling up to a stoplight safely, mind you, and there's sure. three cars lined up on the one side and two cars lined up on that right. I'm switching to that side with the two cars. I'm not creating yeah. a four car stack lane. Moving. I'm moving over maximum efficiency of that road. Now we've got two stacks of three cars and I just gained 0.7 seconds on my journey right. that I would have lost sitting behind that three car right. stack. So if you like, I really have just made a, a skill and an artistry, um, uh, depending on who you ask, uh, of just really maximizing your the the way through traffic. I think I do it in a way that it really uh, unaffects the drivers around me. I'm not a cutoff guy. I'm not. I'm not the guy that's just going to be barging into lanes. I merge smooth. Yeah. I match speeds. Like if I'm pulling that left lane, sure. and the car to the left of me coming up is going like you know, let's say he's going 76, and I'm sure. currently going 72. Okay, yeah. I don't move over at my 72 okay. and say, sucks to suck, buddy. So you're, you're going 72. You're no, no. Hold on. I need to sell this. No, I, I'm going I, to accelerate I, up to 76. We came to you. We I'm going to accelerate up to 76 uh, until I've made my overtake. And then I move back over. And I'm, I'm, it, depending on the road. So I just, you know, I'm a very conscious, but very persistent driver on the road. So if you ever just really need to save a few, few, um, Important or unimportant seconds on your trip, I'm your guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, a little more I, than you bargained for? <laughs> it definitely the explanation. I love the answer because you Great. pick something that um, I, I know this to be true of Jesse. Uh, I think it actually probably gets passed down in the family because Jazz will call me out. Like, she's like, you are, you're moving, you're weaving. Like, what is the point? And in all like, reality- This is all due to our father- if hundred percent, the the jazz gets jazz actually gets sick when she drives with our father because he moves so much. Which uh, you know, if you're hearing this, Hugh, you can choose to change your habits. But you're sixty six. Happy happy birthday to to Hugh. He turned sixty six yesterday. Shout out. Um, but we we definitely it, it got passed down uh, generationally to us. Weaving it's it's so funny driving with people who aren't that way. Right. And you're just like, why would you just stay in this lane? There's like ten less cars in that other lane. Like, yeah, why? What? What do you? They're just more patient than you, us. It, what they are you understand. doing? It doesn't matter. They know that. Or like, oh, oh, I know. Yeah, they've uh, look. They're much healthier people emotionally, <laughs> right. mentally, all that. But I was driving. I was working with a guy, and he was driving this work this work vehicle, and. I've never seen someone like come to a complete stop at still yellow lights more in my entire life. Oh, like if the light was just like kind of turned yellow, it was just kind of like, okay, you would just kind of stop. <laughs> you were just completely yeah. content to just wait yeah. to the next cycle. Like completely unbothered. Oh, the, thing, it, the thing that gets me is the people that are lined up at a red light and there's like five cars and there's just an empty lane on the right. And I'm like, yeah. Wait, hey, what's going that's on? That's what guys? I was. That's what I was talking about in the first <laughs> demonstration of my skill. What's going on? Totally. That that one I actually don't get. Um, you know, because if it's like an empty lane, usually 
even if it's one car, I'll get over. Sure. If sure. there's like one car in the right lane and there's three cars on the fourth car, like whatever, you know, like, but it, yes, but it's like lane. five to zero. You're just like, <laughs> what, what are we doing on? here, guys? Come on, everyone. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, sir, you have been welcomed. Uh, we heard that Jamaica is also very good at this. Mm. <laughs> so. A few, a few less blinkers there, but they are, they are, uh, they but do they, navigate well. They, they, a lot of them just use their horn instead of their blinker. They just. So I've heard. No, per, no firsthand moves. experience in Jamaica, but I hear it's a trip. Hun- I could speak to it in, uh, in Honduras. Gents, do you uh, briefly? Do you uh, do you quickly feel like you have an answer for yourself here on this one? So there actually is something that I think I don't know if all um, men specifically um, have this habit or or whatnot. But when I use the the bathroom, I I I don't know when I got in this habit, but when do you when sit I, down when you pee? No, no, no. But when I pee standing up, standing up, I always flush before like midstream. <laughs> I tried to time up. You try and time the it out. Water yeah, exiting yeah, and, me, there. and me there. finishing my my time in the bathroom, and I feel like I got it down to a science. So I actually think that I could bring. Feel like this you've to got a really good gauge yeah. for your uh, bladder tank. Because well, you, you got to you know you got to know your toilet too, right? Well, they sure. have different speeds. Yeah, then sometimes it takes a little longer to flush. You know, sometimes and now, it's quick. Now with the, I've, I mean, we've started seeing more of the half flush, full flush toilets. So that yes. adds a challenge. Yep, yep, single or double. You know, based on how much water is being is being used. So, um, yeah, I, I think um, I think it will provide a um, a big advantage just based on like years of experience in this in this field. Particularly, love that, love that. Welcome to the Olympics. Thank you so much. Jens, um, what do you say uh, we start talking about some actual athletes now? Uh, we can talk about other athletes. Not <laughs> That's actual, how you, you would like to maintain your designation as uh, at least Got for it. the next thirty minutes. Okay, that's fine. Let's do it. Let's start talking about our NBA awards ballots for the twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three NBA season. Let's get it. Uh Jens, where do we want to start? Should we go just to the top and start going and just go MVP and work our way down that way? Or, you know, do we want to save MVP for the end? What are we thinking? Let's let's go uh, all all NBA teams first, and then we can go through our awards at the end. Okay, great. I love that. Uh, let's go in third team to first team or first team to third team. I think Ooh. we go first to third because I think there's more arguments the lower... You yeah. get. Um, let's do it this way. Let's um, you let's ha- you say your all NBA you go. You you're five, and uh, as a quick refresher, uh, it's a little different than all star. In all star, you have three front court, two back court positions, and for all NBA, you actually have to have a center, two forwards, and two guards. But in the guard and forward positions, it can be smaller, power forward. But like that doesn't get specific. There. But it's a little more specific in that. There will actually be three specific, like center eligible players in the first, second, and third team, so it can't just be all front court, back court. So, right, Jens, take us through your All NBA first team, and while why All NBA is important is you get a first, second, and third team, so it's the best thirty players at those best, specific no, best positions. Fifteen. Best fifteen. Sorry, best fifteen players. It's at not. That's the other difference to All Stars. It's not conference. It's 
just right. the top just 15 players in the NBA league-wide. Right. Six, six-month award. Um, and You didn't do East this, and West, did you? I didn't. And it also heavily impacts for certain players um, how it can – um, make or or break their their contracts. So when they sign whatever deal at the time they are with the team that they're on, there was all NBA playoff success, winning a championship. All of those are potential bonuses that will then uh, click over and make them millions of dollars. And the all NBA team is voted on not by us, but actual journalists, analysts, and um, and writers kind of that have been handpicked by the league to go ahead and as unbiased as they can, you know, figure out who are on the first, second, third team, they all vote. And then it makes up those squads. So that's why all NBA is important. It's literally tied to what players. You know, it's certainly the most make. tangible reason that's important. And also in the legacy conversations, when you start looking sure. back historically, the the all NBA stuff is definitely one that still holds a lot of weight when you're just looking back historically at guys and it's been happening for long enough where you can really look at guys in the eighties and nineties and go, oh, how many all NBA teams did they make? First team, second. It's it's a really good snapshot of a season of who are those fifteen best players in the league in that given season. And uh I think it holds up over time. You do have the uh, the uh, occasional odd one here and there, but uh, for the most part, it it tends to hold up. Yep, I agree. All right, well, shall we, Jess? Shall we get into it? Do it. Let's. Uh, so going from let's hear your on first my team. side from center to guard. I'm kind of going to go backwards. Uh, I have Embiid and first team Giannis. Okay, our first disagreement. Tatum, Luca, okay, and Shea. Interesting. Okay, so we have two differences two? on this yeah. on this first team. Uh, look at the center position, almost like the MVP position. Um, and I, we could maybe even have like a this could this could spiral into an MVP talk right now. The Jokic and Embiid debate. They've been right. the two front runners for MVP all season. They are the two, you know, inarguably best two centers and two of the best players in the league. I ultimately put Jokic in my first team. Uh, And I think that kind of, I I tend to think that that means Embiid got your MVP vote. We'll see. I guess we can, we can, we can maybe hold a little. Yeah. You're not going to put your MVP on the second team. Jokic got my MVP vote. Embiid got yours. And it was actually, this is going to be a little bit of a theme for me. Somewhat, and maybe in other ways, I'll contradict myself here, deal with it. But I really have come down to like the the importance of actually being on the court. Okay. Like you've the the games played thing, and I think it was I forget which pod it was on that I was listening to this um, earlier this week. And basically, we have never had an MVP win playing less than seventy games. We have never had an MVP win playing less than 70 games. Okay. And if Embiid f- plays the rest of the season from here, which is only 67 games, I think he can max out at 68 games. And I think Jokic can hit like 72, 73. Uh, and with a race this tight, it just 
it just pushed me over the edge. I just I gave the nod to the guy that's played more. The team has a uh, do they have a better record currently? Um, yeah, fifteen twenty six. Yeah, I mean, by one game. By the end of the season, maybe it'll be even. Maybe it'll be a couple games. It's just so tight across the board as far as team success goes. They're dominant in their own ways, but to me, the extra games, I just use it as a tiebreaker to just say he's been more available. Um, and I went Jokic as my first team center. Which being more available, I mean, it's, he's five games worse than Jokic. And I think I, you're putting a little too much weight on the like 70 games thing. Like, and historically, I understand why that's. I maybe understand why that's important. Like it's 70. And if he plays the rest of them, you know, which there's, there's I think no it's probably injury designation a on this, less but important it's only in all NBA to then MVP. If I'm going to like weigh the two out, but do you understand the implications historically for someone to win back to back to back MVPs and who has done that and who's not? I don't think I like putting Jokic in that category he's incredible he's amazing but he hasn't done anything in regards to his actual team like winning things in the playoffs and now to throw him in that group which i think is only kareem i gotta look at i'll look up the group but i i think that that played a part in me going i can't give this man back to back to back mvps when it's this close if he was far and away like he has been the last two seasons, which granted last season, you know, you could have given it to Giannis. Like plenty of people won back to back, which is still an, an amazing accomplishment for you. But just Jokic, of course, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest centers to like ever play, just the stylistically for a big man, like to do it at his level. We really have never seen. We've seen versions of it, but he's like has redefined what it means to be a distributor. Uh, offensively, you know, being a genius on the court, kind of a point guard in the center's body. And I just can't give him three in a row. Yeah, interesting. So we're we're individually like both protecting something a little different. Right. I I think I in the face of and now we're already off all NBA teams when we're talking MVP now. Cause let's talk right. about this like more in like an MVP like because that's kind of what you're talking about and a little bit what I'm talking about. So I think I think one of the biggest so just so, so the three players that have won it three times in a row is Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Larry Bird. Okay. Absolutely icons of the game, top 15 players of all time. I mean Bird's probably considered top 5, Russell or Chamberlain's maybe considered top 10, top 12 and same for Russell, yep. top 12, top 15. Icons. Older eras, different thing, but certainly iconic figures in the game of basketball. Right. Now, that being said, the fact that pretty, let me, yeah, I'll, I'll say this and I'll say one more thing and then hand it back to you. The fact that the truly who we consider the best players of all time to be, the players that we argue about being the best players of all time, because it's not their names at the top of that list, I feel less protective of it. Like if it was something that it was like Jordan was three in a row or four in a row and LeBron was three in a row. And then whoever you have third, whether it, like, whether it was Kareem or whether it was Magic, like whoever your third goes, if it was those guys that names were at the top, it's a, like I'd be a little more protective of that stat. But when I look at that list, I go iconic guys like 
incredible. Right. They they represented eras definitely. Bill has the most championships of all time. Bill's got the most championships. Wilt's got a bunch of records, and Bird was on one of the most iconic. But he's the fourth. If he wins, he's the fourth on that list. He's the fourth guy. But that name to me, like those names to me, don't represent the three best players of all time. Well, that and so I'm. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Sure. So I'm just telling. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you why it is. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's huge. But to me, I almost feel like it's more important that we protect the idea that you need like playing a lot of freaking games in a given season has to matter. And I feel like it's mattering less and less and less. And this is, this is going to be a theme as we go through these NBA, all NBA teams, which part where of that, I use playing on the freaking court as a tiebreaker for winning these awards, because so many of these guys are missing a quarter of the season. I just, I want you to play. And so that barrier of like that 70 games of like, look, if you want to be considered the best player in the league, You've got to hit this number. Sure, sure. All right, and, now I hand it back to you. No, no and, it, and it's fair. And I agree with you, you know, mostly on the games played thing. I think it's also frustrating. It makes a worse product. Last week, I had, I had friends. We talked about this. We were so excited to see Embiid versus Jokic this late in the season. Embiid had a calf injury, and then he was playing the next day or the next game. So it's yeah, like, and Bede okay, was sat he, out for was, a quote unquote calf injury, and then exactly was, played the very next day. So I I understand what you're saying with game played. There's also a level of adaptation that the voters have to take in regards to what the league is. Like as we are seeing, not really a trend, but a new reality. The NBA that the the NBA is hoping to fix. I know there's they've had talks within like new bargaining agreements and. Um, and the board of governors is going to vote in some things this, this next season around making some stipulations that if you miss games, whether it comes to salary or awards, so yeah, they might be like turning and try to pivot Which and change is that impossible to do because if a guy's truly injured, he can't, he can't lose I, money if he's truly I, injured. Sure. So I think it'd be more awards based, but there's plenty of guys that were like a lot more injured than these guys. I mean, Larry Bird was playing on like a broken back for the last like four years of his career. Like it's just a different era. And these are guys are relying on longevity to again, make the most money, which you can understand. But anyway, cir- circling back, I, I get the games played thing. I actually would weigh what three in a row means for a player in regards to how dominant you have to be. And Jokic not clearly being, you know, far and away the most dominant player. And it's kind of like a 1A, 1B. I'm going to lead MB. I'm going to lead MB, the other guy. And honestly, I'm, f- I'm fine with that. Like, totally. I really am. I'm, I'm downplaying a little bit just for the sake of argument, the three in a row thing. It's a huge deal. Like, yeah, sure. there is a there is a part of me that is of two minds. One that I don't want him to win that three in a row because, as incredibly is, I don't think he's going to be who defines this era as a player. I don't think he's that type of a player. But I also think it's stupid and like, I I just don't know how much that should influence your vote. If there wasn't anybody close, I don't think it would. But with but this him is being that close too. Like they've well, had, they've let this influence votes. Like I'm looking at oh, a totally. List the reason of it. Jordan didn't win three in a row multiple times. Like not not to bring it close to home, but that year Derrick Rose won, which it could have gone to LeBron or Derrick Rose. That it year. probably and should it, have gone to LeBron. He and based on how that 
<laughs> he won the two years before that, and then he won the two years after, right? So LeBron, LeBron did. LeBron's yeah, not winning five in a row. He totally should have, but if he had won that three, he's not getting that next year in 2011 because they no, would have picked someone else. It's not like you can say he didn't deserve that one in 2012, but it was a clear makeup vote of, well, LeBron's definitely going to get this one and maybe another one because Derek probably didn't deserve that other one over. Right. We got Anyways, caught up in the narrative of it's, the youngest. It's a narrative. Team. It's the narrative side of it. Um, it that's in the MVP. That's honestly, I won't be too. I won't be upset if Giannis wins MVP. Um, he stumbled a little bit down the stretch. I mean, he, I think he had to actually show it against the Celtics the other night, and he kind of just yeah, that loved. that probably dampened it a little bit. I mean, if he finishes the season though on like a five game winning streak and just kind of puts it on the league, I yeah. You could argue, but he just hasn't felt as dominant this year. It just, I don't no. know, the narrative hasn't been there I mean, for him. You, you, you have to compare it to years past. That's not, I don't think that's poorly, you know, poor analysis. It's like, what have, what have you done to win those awards previously? Oh, wow, you were the man. Now, is he still the most dominant player in the NBA? Yeah, I think so. I would still, if we were doing a startup draft, we did a startup draft. I think Giannis was the number one pick. He was, uh, one, I was my, one or two, yeah. Yeah, he was right there at the top. That wouldn't change even with how he's played because he is going to be top three in MVP voting. Like, as, as he's a shoe in for it. Um, so maybe just let's just pivot to awards now and we'll go back to <laughs> and then go finish off. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of gave you guys a taste of my team. I'll, I'll we'll recap when we go back, but let's go to go to awards. <laughs> so you know, at this point, I have Embiid. You have Jokic. I wrote down Jokic. Just, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm sounds, just going to. Sounds like you're vote. wavering a little bit. No I don't waver. feel, I'm not super confident. But to me, voting Embiid just because. Well, it's not just because. It's because he's at the in same In part level. because. In part, sure. You, like, Jokic winning three in a row would be, like, would be too big of a deal. It just feels lame. So I'm almost like revolting against the revolt. Yeah, that like, you like I'm also like, kind of agree with. <laughs> but I kind of agree with it, but I think it's dumb on principle. So and since my vote doesn't really matter, I no, just you know, just I thought I'd just I thought I'd just bring some ever. disagreement to the to the pod. Oh man. I had a feeling are, you were you were going in bead. But yeah. honestly, if well, Embiid wins it, good for he's him. Leading, he's leading the league in scoring as exactly, a center. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean he's got Luca right behind him. Uh he's got Giannis right behind him, like it's it's not that we're trying to find someone else, which I just I want to reiterate and make clear. You know, my vote against Jokic is not to say he isn't amazing. He could totally win it. And I'm not just trying to find somebody else because I don't want to win three in a row. There's a clear, clear in a way, somebody else that is justifiably, uh, you know, could win this award and it wouldn't be like, you know, a Derrick Rose year. It's like, well, I probably should have given it to Jokic. If Habib wins it, which he's been around the conversation for um for like the last few seasons, I think that I think that is like about time, more so than it's taking away from Jokic. And Embiid has been a truly more like tangibly impactful two way player. That's kind of the other fun funny thing about it is Yeah. Embiid is just more imposing as an offensive player cuz keep, cause keep he, making my argument I love to hear it keep making and my as argument. a defender he's just <laughs> he's got more athleticism um 
he isn't the elevator that Jokic is, which is honestly like I I honestly I would be fine going MVP Embiid and then still going first team All NBA Jokic because the sure. the all season elevation that Jokic brings to your team is truly one of one in this era. It you I I think you could argue LeBron had moments like that. Um, different players have had that type of impact on their teams, but right now. Nobody adds, I think Curry probably would be the closest other comp. Pete Curry was the biggest elevator of a team of the last decade, almost probably even more than LeBron. But there, it's that individual dominance. Like if you just told me a one-on-one matchup of Jokic versus Embiid, I'm going to pick Embiid. He's just a more physically imposing guy two-way. So, you know, I'll... I'm going to go MVP Embiid, but I'm sticking with my All-NBA first team as Jokic with that little games played nudge. Oh, damn it. The games play thing into again. Ah! <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Wait, my the, standards, the, my the, principles crumbling. Oh, uh, your, your biggest fear. We're, the audience is confused. Let's, let's stick with the awards. We can't All right, go we're back, back to, to awards. Teams. Jesse, who is your defensive player of the year? Uh... You know, this one I don't think is he's a front runner at the moment, but I put Giannis. Huh. Okay. I don't know if he's had the Check statistically the best defensive season, but I think when you just think about who's the most disruptive and imposing guy when he wants to be, it's still Giannis. I have no idea what the defensive metrics say on him. I just know that he can cover the most ground, he can impact things. Uh, I think Jaron Jackson, I'll let you say your pick first, but I think Triple J was the other one that was up there for me. And maybe even Brooke Lopez has been really impactful as a defender. But I put down Giannis because I wanted him to have some sort of season-long award because I still think he's a really impactful guy. So across the top three uh, sports books, Giannis is consistently at the uh, number three position number three best odds okay. to win it he's okay. behind his teammate brooke lopez yeah and then jaron jackson who is my pick is the favorite now this has kind of wavered over the last month or so and there was a, a strong push for brooke lopez there still is a strong push for brooke, brooke lopez what he has been uh, at the rim defensively has like been uh, you can't really say all time, but he just I guess all time considering what his career arc has been. Like he's always been fine defensively. He's had a good now he's later impact at the rim. He's now later in his career, and all of a sudden he's like defensive player of the year. And he's like props to him has completely morphed from like remember his Brooklyn days where he was like offense was running through him. He was able to you know like nine fifteen footer automatic post up game strong. Then he bounced around the league, and then he found a home on the Bucks where he's just kind of like a big guy who can shoot, and then he's going to play really solid defense. And he's completely adapted to make what's worked based on the, you know, the players around him, which is Giannis, right? He just needs shooters, and um, he's been incredibly strong. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is my pick. Um, he leads a lot of this the uh, categories of blocks. Uh, he's leading the league. Additionally, what he just means to Memphis, I think he means more defensively than maybe Brooke does. Like he doesn't have someone. Stephen Adams has been out all year. They don't really have someone else. So like, I, I know this isn't a team award. It's not like MVP for defense. Like 
it is, but it's it it's different. But Ja was out for a long time, and that and they kept winning games. Um, and he's just stayed really consistent, and he stayed healthy. Um, I, don't, I think the games played is very similar for those two players, but um, Jaron Jackson Jr. I think you could go either way on this, but um, I think that he's been the more consistent player, and he like means more defensively to the the Grizzlies than Brooke does to the Bucks. Yeah, it's a good it's a good selection as well. I I think he probably. Yeah, maybe he potentially wins. I think that's reasonable. Just Brooke doesn't have the same reputation. Three blocks um, a game, dude. That's he's lot of blocks. three blocks a game. Brooke is two and a half, so it's not that big. But three blocks is that's big time. Jess, who do you have for rookie of the year? This one's I think gonna be a pretty short conversation. Um Paolo Banquero. Or Patrick Mahomes as oh, otherwise Sky known Sports. on the, the otherwise known on the F one grid as Patrick Mahomes. When you watch the video, it's hilarious because on the one hand, you kind of get it because you just see like the hair. Just they just kind of have similar hair the way that Paolo had his hair that day. But at the same Paolo. time, you're like, yo, Paolo. Like it's just like it's the most like. European person who doesn't follow like football, it's I'll be the like, most white European yo. thing ever. <laughs> just, just, to see I don't even care what I'm, race European you are. Just like, dude. dude, like you, like why would Patrick Mahomes be seven feet tall? <laughs> like he's enormous. <laughs> it was just like, tell me you're not a football fan without telling me dude, you're not literally. a football fan. Hilarious. Um, for our, I, for those who don't know, what we're talking about there was uh, Paolo McCare was walking uh, on the grid of a Formula One race. And they do this thing where they like interview just people who are just walking around looking at the cars beforehand. And it's kind of like chaotic. And we had mentioned this before in a previous pod, too. Oh, we have. Okay. Yeah, never yeah. Mind. But basically, this announcer just like went up to Palomar and Karen goes like, Patrick, Patrick, are you enjoying the race? And the guy was like, yeah, yeah. And Apollo was like, yeah. Apollo was like, yeah. Like, yeah, sure, yeah, I know man. the race he's is like, cool. Like, you know, appreciate it. And, and he called him like something He's coming else. from Duke, right? So he's been interviewed before. So you kind of just roll with it. And then the guy literally just asked him his name straight up. He's like, hey, I, do I have it right here? No. no I think it probably say. dawned on me. He was like, wait, this guy's a lot taller than he probably <laughs> should be. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Rookie of the Year, Apollo Bencaro. Yep. I have the same. There was a strong push for Jalen Williams and the Thunder over the last few months. has kind of been balling sure. out. Um, but from what Paolo has done from the beginning of the season up to this point, uh, you cannot let recency bias seep in. And he has just kind of been this 18, 20 point scorer consistently for the magic and hopefully will blossom into this really fun player over, over the years. He, I mean, it's actually kind of funny to think of him as a rookie. He, he feels like he's been in the league for a while because he just already has so much offensive skill and wherewithal and can like manage a game. Like he's very clearly a one it'll be, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. That magic team, hopefully over the next like one to two years really takes a step and, and hops into the Eastern conference conversation. Yeah. There was some, there was some early life from Benedict Matherin who kind of faded a little bit. Um, Jaden Ivy shot the ball really poorly to start the season, but he's come on pretty strong. Um, I actually think the last couple, you know, weeks of uh, Jaden Ivy play are relatively encouraging. Um, so 
that's uh there's there should be some good players coming out of this class um like you said williams uh put a good uh good run there for uh towards the end of the season shot the ball really well um and uh but yeah i think if you take the season as a whole the expectations the amount of that was put on his plate right away like basically hey here's your rookie you're a rookie here's a team and carry carry the full offensive load uh i think he he really stepped up and uh delivered uh probably two and maybe above expectations so he's my rookie of the year all right agreement there uh last one here i couldn't tell if you were looking up something to say about paolo or if you were just distracted or you were looking up something else but no i i muted it muted it to cough and then i got distracted by a text message one of our friends in a group text started um ranking everyone's fandom from his own perspective and put everyone in tiers of fandom and i was put in tier two there's four tiers in regards to how real i am as a fan and in his text he goes um you don't really talk about the Bulls or Red Wings. And I was like, all right, if you don't even know the Chicago sports teams, you meant Blackhawks. You said yeah, Red Wings. I think he just dropped himself down a tier. <laughs> For sure. Joe whatever ben, this is. Jobin, shout out. I hope he's he's on a he's on a cruise right now. I hope you're having a great time um on, on your cruise, but Sounds like the cruise isn't going very well if this is what he's got time to or, do. But. Or the cruise is going great. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is exactly what he needs. So shout out to Jobin. Amen. Uh, we don't do you, do you do want we do coach of the year and then uh, did you want to do I coach of the year? I didn't have so I didn't have a I didn't do a, a six man or a most improved because I kind of. I, I I looped most improved into our own categories of boom and bust player of the year. So oh, sure. I mean, I mean, but which you could kind of say the boom player of the year is your most improved, but it's mostly sure. to me. It's just like I don't even know if it's most improved. It's just like most surprising player of the year is what I was going for. So I didn't do a six man. Okay. I didn't do a rook. Uh, the most improved. Did uh, I did coach though. Cool. Yeah, I got coach as well. So we'll go coach and then boom bust. Who's your coach? Coach of the year for me. Uh, I went Mike Brown. I think a lot of people have Mike Brown. Coach of the Sacramento Kings. Um, mm, they feels have, good. Feels good coming from you. Look, I at this point I can't deny that they have you know exceeded the hype, lived up to the hype, and then kept on going. Uh, they could have faltered at any given point they started the season slow then went on a hot streak and then they've been able to maintain it they've just dropped to the third seed in the west memphis dropped them but they were on that two seed for a long time and with an organization that just has their own kingsiness hanging over them at all times uh they could have collapsed under that at any given moment but uh they did not and so i went coach the year mike brown um i thought you were going to go somewhere else so I also went coach of the year with Mike Brown. Um, okay. Where did you think I was going to go? I just thought you were going to not going to go to the Kings based off of you not picking them to hit the the over. But I, credit I'm where not credit is due, being disproven wrong. I was well, proven it's wrong great to the hear. Kings this year. Obviously, the Kings have been amazing. Darren Fox, Sabonis, who might talk to them with All NBA, and Mike Brown in his, I believe, his first season. Correct. Uh, I'll confirm that, but uh, first or second. 
Okay. So early on, I mean, he's been a head coach before. He coached the LeBron Cavs. He's been like assistant on the Warriors and, and Lakers. He's He's been in the NBA for a long time, but got the NBA uh, head coach gig again and has just completely run with it in a in a West that's completely, you know, wide open his first season. Yep. Nice. You are correct. First season with Sacramento. He was a goal, he was an assistant on Golden State for the last six seasons. Wow. Wow. A defensive specialist. Like that's more his if so I he never had correctly. I don't think he ever had LeBron in LA. He had LeBron in Cleveland. No, I said Cleveland. For, oh, you said, oh sorry, I yeah. thought you said LA. He went to war. I think he was also us on the coaching staff with the Lakers, but I think it was like lit. Maybe the, does that say it in his coaching history? Uh, he was on he the had Lakers? two seasons on the Lakers. Okay, um, I think it was, but neither of them were yeah with LeBron. It was a okay. uh, 2011 and 2012. He was Lakers head coach. Would that have been end of Kobe seasons? I when did Kobe think so. Kobe's last season, I want to say, was like 14 or 15. As we both Google it, yeah, 26 or. Yeah, 2015, 2016. Yep. Yeah, so he yep, was there with 2015 Kobe. season. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, he's props to you, Mike Brown. I hope you get your flowers and um He's and likely win, to get flowers coaching. and the coach of the year award. Because I don't think there's a real strong contender Missoula otherwise. First year. Um, but he's I don't think people have thought he's done that good of a job. I know Bill certainly doesn't think he's done a very good job. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. uh He's he's um, pretty out on them. Cavs coach I'm blanking on right now. I think has done solid. Um, Mike Malone as well. The first you know he's won it before, but they were the number one seed in the West. Nuggets are this year, so there's definitely you know other options. But I think based on where the Kings are coming from, and also when you break the longest active playoff drought in Americans, you know, act not American history, but current. Uh, professional American sports. It's a big deal. And you got your team there. So good job by you. Totally. Uh, so then let's move into uh, our hybrid awards that we Great. have pseudo created here. And we are calling this our boom and bust player of the year. A little bit of a fantasy term for you, but, sure. mostly, but you know, mostly just thinking about who is that player that kind of came out of nowhere uh, and really put a stamp on the season? And then who is the player for you that was the biggest letdown? Where would you like to start? Positive or negative? Um, start negative, finish positive? Great. Let's do that. We'll start negative and finish positive. All right. Who's your bust of the year, Jen? So my bust of the year just signed a contract extension, a lucrative one coming off of his rookie deal. A lot of expectations going into this season of what he could provide to an already championship caliber team. Okay. He he was um, you know, fitting in last year. He kind of had a a a breakout year, broke onto the scene. Um, and then the offseason he got punched in the face. And oh, he's just kind of had an up and down wow. year all year long. So okay. my bust of the year is Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. I, I feel like did he has, not see that one coming. Interesting. I like he it. He just has not met expectations based on the money he's being paid and what he's supposed to do. His three-point percentage is like in the low 30s. Um, he's not an incredible facilitator. He's not a good defender. 
And based on what he was able to provide to the Warriors when Steph was down, he didn't really step up. He kind of just maybe maintained, but for all intents and purposes, he kind of had a down year after exploding onto the scene last year and making his money. Yeah, interesting. Um, field goal percentage is a bit down. Uh, yeah, points per game, scoring 20 points per game. But uh, yeah, no, he certainly hasn't been able to, not as much of a pool party this year as last year. No. That's, uh, I mean, do you remember how much we all loved this kid last year? And like his attitude at times. I mean, there's a reason he got, I think it was a $141 million extension over, I think I remember that number correctly. I forget the years, probably over four years. Yeah, I don't remember the money. But yeah, he he was going to be counted on to basically take a lot of the burden off of Curry. And instead, the team completely floundered without Curry. And he's been erratic and turnover prone and just been, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fair call. I think it's a fair, I think it's a fair call. He was also supposed to usher in this next, you know, era of the old guys kind of being sunsetted and him being, you know, the new face. And I, I don't think that if, you know, granted it's year one of his extension, he's on the team for another three seasons. Um, after this, um, what were the total numbers? Yeah, he's making any, he's essentially making $30 million a year over four years. So 120, um, so I don't think he's lived up to expectations. Um, I think that he has a little bit of the Dion waiters in him where he in like D'Angelo Russell vibes where he thinks he's the best player on the floor when he has clay and Steph next to him. Um, and so hopefully, you know, it, it, there's some habits that some basketball habits that would change, but I don't, I don't think the warriors thought they were going to get this version of Jordan pool this season. Yeah. Do you think, uh, if given the option today, would they extend Draymond instead of Poole? Because mm. that was kind of part Who of the tension more. that was talked right. around with that whole punch was Poole had just gotten the extension. The team had just decided basically to, in practice, not extend Draymond in his place. I mean, Dray- Draymond has been really important for that team and, and arguably you know, still is, I think he's less of the heart and soul than he's been historically. I think he's kind of fading out of that. I also think the Warriors are kind of maybe getting a little sick of Draymond, but I feel like that's been a storyline for like last three years. Like Warriors are sick of his attitude, of his antics, but like, you know, he, what he brings, he, he hasn't really been an offensive player. I can't tell you how good he's been defensively. He probably has been better than average, but he hasn't been, you know, defensive player of the year Draymond that you know we've seen and maybe he hasn't been that for a couple of years so it's not a fair it's not a fair you know uh judgment on him but I think they probably still because of the age extend pool but you sign yeah. him at that 120 million dollar mark thinking that he would turn into this max player and you get him on a good contract especially just with the cap going up you know 30 million dollars a year in two years could be a bargain, but if he's this guy, he's overpaid. There you go. Who is your best player? It sounded like you said best player and he's not my best player, but he is my bust player. Your best bust. My best bust. My bust, my best of the bustest. Uh, 
<laughs> the best of us player, of the bust of us. Similarly just signed an extension. Okay. Though not for a team who's enjoyed any sort of excess in any recent time. Mm. Uh I, when you first started talking, thought you had nabbed my bust, ah. but uh, you did not. This, um, my my angst with this player may be partially exasperated by the fact that I've owned him in fantasy basketball for the last couple seasons, and he hasn't exactly produced. But he has also similarly not produced for his own team in any appreciable way. And that player for me is Bradley Beal. Ah, uh, yes, Bradley Beal just signed. I think. Um, the by total dollars the largest extension in NBA history. Um, wow. As an as an aside, I just I was wanted to check his salary numbers because I was like, is he the highest paid player in the years? So I just googled highest uh, player paid NBA player, and for whatever reasons, the first result that came up was like a picture of Kristaps Porzingis, who's not <laughs> no. the highest paid player same, in the NBA. Same team. Same team. Same team, though. And if you had asked me last year, would have been a candidate maybe for this award. But instead, I'm giving it to Bradley Beal. Not because by any number necessarily across his stat line, you would be like super disappointed. In fact, if you just looked at his statistics, you would go, that's his best field goal percentage in the last few years. So he's been more efficient. He's shooting. This is his best season from three in a long time. He's just so unimpactful for being the fourth highest played player in the NBA. Totally. So if you actually look at the NBA salaries, player salaries, highest played player, can you guess highest paid player in the NBA? Off the top uh, of your head? I don't need the number. I'll just see if you can guess the player. Is it Steph? It is Steph. Steph Curry, oh, 48 million. Okay, let's go. And then LeBron, number two, Durant, three. And in fourth place, Bradley Beal. Wow. One of these things is not like another. <laughs> and the, Those first three players guarantee your team at least geez. like making the second round of the playoffs. And Bradley Beal has guarantees you nothing. He's he a Jokic just... of the group. <laughs> that's, that's a little <laughs> insulting to Jokic. Bradley Beal is not an offense unto himself. Um, but, and then but, the players... but he's getting paid like it. That's the whole thing. That's the thing is Beal's getting paid like he, he, your team lives and dies with him being there and giving us all. He just seems so like, I think what annoys me about him is he so, seems so content to just be fine. Like he, do, like he just, he plays, he doesn't play, a little injury comes up, he takes three weeks off. He's just kind of like, he's just been like, if, when you've just given this him the biggest extension in NBA history, right. you would want him to respond with like this killer season and he's just responded with like a season where if you'd like compare the stat lines and said, which one's Tobias Harris, you'd be like, Oh, I can't tell. <laughs> and it's like, so he, uh, to me is good. just, he's just been a bummer. Like I actually liked him as a player and he's just been so fine to be average the last few years. And yes, he's been injured and maybe it's not fair, but just like, he's just, he just leaves me with such a meh feeling in my, in my, fandom palette right that it's just, it's it's so interesting what what contracts do to how you feel about a player you know like if they're giving money that feels like reasonable even if it's a little bit of an overpay this is a gross overpay and you know some would argue at the time washington had to do it but you think of like you know he should not be a one think about a Zach Levine. You know, he's not, he cannot be a second best player in a championship team making 200 mil. Like if Bradley Beal was that making 140 silly. and he was on the Lakers with AD and LeBron, you'd be like, that is you a hundred percent paying 140, 150, 160. He's the third best yeah, player in a team. 
that's perfect. But it's because of his position and what it's almost like he just go get your money. Well, you, but if now you want you, to be, I don't care how much these guys value. get played, but we like he just does not move the needle for an NBA team. He does not totally. raise their floor. He doesn't like take them over the top for anything. But he is he is paid like one, and so. When you set the standard, and that's gonna be the standard for your team, then you know you have, you set yourself up for being underwhelming. Same reason that people get frustrated with Zach Levine. If Zach Levine was like a fourth year player that was like the fifteenth overall pick, and he was performing this, be like, dude, Zach, like stepping up to the plate. But it's like, right. but when you ask for the attention and the recognition and the contracts that come along with that carrying the team mantle, that means that our expectations for you go up. And Beal just hasn't met him for me. I agree. I think he's a top three worst contract in the league. And at the same time, I think I don't think it's the worst contract in the league because I do think if the, he got on the right team, he'd be overpaid, but he could actually be super additive to a team if that team could afford them. Like if you had yep. a team that had affordable younger stars, like I still think he's a perfect number two to, to like a two slash. Like what if you went three. to Memphis? No, no. I think he should go to Dallas. I think he's the perfect off-ball player for Luca. To like, can be the ball handler. Doesn't need to be the ball handler. Is a good slasher. Can be like, if you paired him with the right guy, I still think we could think of him as one of the twenty best players in the NBA. He just can't be the lead guy, and that's all he's ever been really in Washington. Yeah. Let's early move off the career, negative. Yeah, he had Wall early in his career where he was number two, and then Wall fell off and. He just has never left, and he's got that Dame thing in him where he's like, I'm just going to be true to my city, which is you know, a monetary incentive to stay true to your city because there's no one else there. Dame is just more of a killer, though. Like he's just Yeah, no, I'm not comparing the players. I'm comparing generation, the uh, legions. Brad Beal's just a generation beta, just gen beta through and through. I can't wait for that generation 2025. Wow, what a, what a day <laughs> it will be. Yeah. Jens, who was your bada-boom player of the year? When I thought about it, it was easy. It is De'Aaron Fox. Wow, interesting. Okay. He, I mean, he was... Remember when the Halliburton trade went down and we were thinking that like they sold the wrong point guard? Like, build sure. around Halliburton. Fox, we know who he is. He's not an impactful player. He's a, a good stats, bad team guy. He's not going to be a winning player. You know, there's so many narratives, narratives surrounding De'Aaron Fox. They add Sabonis. Mike Brown comes in. Uh, Keegan Bradley, not Keegan Bradley. Keegan Murray was able to take off, and all of these. You know, Brad- I was just like, wait a second, who's Keegan? Brad- he's that who golfer is Keegan that Bradley? Stand- he's a golfer. He's the oh. golfer that stands really far away from the ball. And <laughs> the hunchback. Kind of swing. The hunch- yes, he's, he's a little crouched over, and he kind of like he moves his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not no, Keegan hey, Bradley. PGA Tour winner. Swing your swing. Keegan Murray, um, and he like far and away. I'm, I'm, you probably, I know you've heard this and I'm sure the listeners have, but his clutch numbers are like historic and, and, and the, the like most, like the, the closest person <laughs> to his clutch numbers, it's not, it's not even like comparable. Like they are, so he is so far and away based on him. <laughs> okay, I gotta stop you. <laughs> what are you looking at? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I thought. <laughs> You're like looking at my mic. You're, you had just had this face as you were like observing. So I'll write it back. 
Because I thought I didn't get close. No, just keep it. going. We're <laughs> just gonna leave this all in here. This is this is staying. I'm not. There's too much editing to do already on this. This is staying. I was initially telling you to move a little closer to your mic because you were like doing your lean back thing, but then I was just listening to you. Do, so I have my uh, Pennsylvania Avenue and then lean back thing. My Trump my Trump hands. Was I doing those? Lean I did not thing? notice your hands specifically. You were just starting yeah. to really sink into your your Darren Fox take. Yeah. You were just kind of like. Really leaning into the the, the feel. musing, so that's fine. That's my boom player. Fox, I, need, I like it. That's number a, two, that's a nice, number three seed in the West, bringing him to. I like uh, it. That's a nice pick. Um, definitely not somebody that people had earmarked. Excuse me for uh, all NBA consideration, and he is certainly uh, of that status. So I like that. Now, to me, the pick is equally easiest easiest easy and obvious i was combining the words obvious and easy there for easy us uh i'm all you know how i feel about words i'm all in on the the finisher coming out of nowhere coming out of scandinavia from the top rope written off by two nba franchises for just being an awkward fit and not consistent enough our guy laurie markinen has uh just the fin put din. together the fin din. <laughs> exactly. He yeah. loves that nickname, by the way. He's really embraced it. He's got t-shirts made for it. His <laughs> yeah. logo. Everything. He texts you all the time. He's like, man, I just get, get let's get on the marketing train together. But uh, Laurie, he came out hot and really kept it up as well. Um, ended up finishing basically 26 points a game on 50% shooting for a guy that was taking seven and a half, almost eight, three pointers a game, eight, three pointers a game shoots 50% from the field, 87% from the line as a seven footer, not a real defensive contributor. Like you're not getting the defensive stats from him, but he's given you eight to nine rebounds a game. Like he has, he is now a building block at age 25 for the Utah jazz. Um, and I think he was he really was kind of in no was on the verge of being in kind of NBA no man's land of just inconsistency and too big to be a small forward, too small to be a power forward. Yep. And uh, he just whether it's a combination of just the style and the role he was asked to play or just the ability to play a little more freely in a team like the Jazz. Um, he's just, he was such a surprise that not only came out so hot, but then maintained it through the season. So right. shout out to Laurie Markinen for coming out hot and staying hot. Props to you, man. You ruined my, my take my money bet and you took it. You took the money. <laughs> yeah. Probably single-handedly, um, you know, murdered Literally. the jazz under. Yeah. He was really good this year. That's a I great wonder pick. if Danny Ainge is like both like ecstatic and just like, like just like furious at the same time. Right. Well, you think of you said it, the player between, you know, too small for a power forward and too tall for like a small forward feels like the perfect, you know, guy to have in the NBA where he's just kind of can move around and he's never trying to be like back someone down in the post. He's just a big man who can shoot over anybody. Um, so it's funny that it kind of took a while to find his spot and he found his spot because the team that was put together was just kind of this like, like two big trades happening, so many new faces and he just kind of rose to the top and really took advantage of it and is going to make a lot of money, put like hopefully probably 
because of it. So yeah, happy for Lori. Love it. Uh, let's see. Our last award uh, is what we have deemed the narrative player of the year. Mm. And this is more so the idea of who are you going to remember this season? Like when you just think back, you think if it two ways, thinking back on the season, who are you going to feel like was just the guy that was always talked about? And when you think back on this season, who, whether it was because of their play or just whether it was just their impact on the season, do you feel like we're going to remember this season for blank? Who is that player for you, gents? Do you, where, where, where are you feeling? So it, we're thinking for like basketball, like narrative, right? Like, or just how it impacts the, like how we look back at the season as a whole. Cause the NBA this, season narrative, just like I mean, who the jaw thing went down this season, right? That was like a sure. weird he's twist. A, he's a and, candidate. Yeah. Uh, LeBron broke the scoring record this season. That was a huge deal. Uh, Kyrie bounced around, went to the Mavs, supposed to get back. Like, there's so many of these like storylines that I feel like are going to end, but some of those aren't basketball related. That's so, okay. like, wh- I, what are you I looking think for? That's okay. No, I, I, I'm, we're basically looking, you could think of it as storyline player of the year. Like, who drove the most storylines this year, the most narratives? There's plenty of awards for how you played on the court. But who basically dominated the conversation of the NBA season? Do you want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, you go first. You go first. Okay. If you have, I'll go first. I have Kevin Durant in this position. Okay. He didn't play the most games, but I think that he he really like encompassed a, so much discussion this season with the trade from Brooklyn to the Suns and everything that goes into that. And the fact, you know, there was, he was in the conversation around all-star selection controversy because of games played and his whole movement really like drove conversations of, you know, what, what is it? You know, what do we want our players to want? Do we want them to be this, have this much influence. I just think when I think about this season, the fact that you had Kevin Durant move from a team that he had built um, that was a championship contender because he was there, gets traded, moves conferences, goes to a team that was already like had a lot of pieces in place, but now he's the place, the piece that could potentially take them over the top. Uh, I, I guess it's almost like you call it the chaos player of the year. He just caused the most chaos in the league this season with how good he was when he played and how much else happened around him when he wasn't playing. Yeah, Katie's a good a good pick there. I was looking at his name too, actually. When I was trying to figure it out, I was I was thinking about it's a vague award. We're workshopping I mean, it. But. He's a top he's a top fifteen player that got traded, right? Like all time. And and at the end of his prime, but still traded. But still he got traded, right? It wasn't like a Kyrie or Harden, who are very good players in their in their own right. But KD still being able to bring the value he does to a team and be moved like that, like you just it doesn't happen very often. So I think that is a a fan a fantastic pick. Um I'll probably just, I'll just go with LeBron. Like I'm gonna look sure. back and, and think about LeBron breaking the scoring record and then also just what he's chasing with his legacy. Like and it's kind of like a it's like a past like three seasons award. Like until he retires, he will remain like will 
he do more to solidify him as being the greatest of all. I'm sorry, when I say solidify for us, get there. He hasn't solidified anything. Let the record show. Um, actually, was talking about this with um, his, his Spencer. house is built on sand. I was actually talking about this with Spencer last night and some other friends. How even if LeBron wins two more championships, it's going to be really hard for me to concede. And I know it, and it's bias, and I get it. But it's just it's just where I'm at. But I digress. So scoring record, you know, they're trying to make the playoffs. It's what it means to his legacy. So I'm going to go with LeBron. And I don't know if that's true. Like, that's I don't think if I'll look back on the season and go, man, this was defined by LeBron. I think there are other things, but he's definitely a part of it. It's an acceptable, acceptable answer. The scoring record is huge. Um, lots of lots of milestones being hit by our guy, LeBron James. Yep. We yeah. You know, I don't know if that award will stick around. We wanted to try some of our own awards for the season. Yeah. I like boom and bust. That's fun. I like that one. All right. That's good. Well, I think we can come circle back up to our all NBA teams here. We're uh we're coming up on an hour in the pod, so we maybe will go a little quicker through our other teams. But just to refresh you, uh Jensen's all NBA first team, he went with Embiid at the center position. Uh, at the forward, he went Giannis and Tatum, and he went Luca and Shea. That's I went Jokic at the center position, Giannis and Tatum at the forward spot, Luca, and then here's where I break my own rule a little bit. I went Curry. Yeah, I knew, I knew at, the, Curry. at the first team. See, this was see look, this guy. The games played see, is close. This on. was a this was a deference to like. Who do I truly think is the better player here? I think when you're when you're kind of picking nits, so to speak, my my the reason Shea did not get the nod for me there uh is because his teams just still aren't any good. He's still just not really elevating those teams to in impactful ways yet. He's like it's not that he's unimpactful, but where 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 are the Thunder. They're, I mean, technically they are getting to the play-in. So, I mean, they're actually their record's a little bit better than I had than it was in my mind. In my mind, they were more where the where the Jazz were and slightly worse. And Shea's been very good. Uh, I don't think it's an indefensible selection, but for me, the impact that Curry has when he's on the court is still so far and above any of his peers at age. I think he's like thirty-five now. I think just I, I went with the legacy nod and chose Curry as the first team. I get it. I mean, it was between those two for for first team. Um, I get a little defensive based on the Thunder and like how much he brings. Like Shea is everything that that team, a very young, young, inexperienced team, and they're probably going to go to the play in. Um. They are two games back from the Warriors, which granted, if Steph, you know, stays healthy, maybe the Warriors are a four seed instead of the six seed. I'm not sure. But I think Shea has done enough. So crazy in the West. The Thunder are one game from being out of the playoffs and two games away from being out of the play in tournament into the sixth seed. It's right. so crazy. Yeah, the West is is like a doors swinging wide open. Well, let me go to my second team. Um, we'll go from the center position again. So I have Jokic. I have Sabonis in my second team. 
Well, you're putting Sabonis as a forward? Boo. Yeah. Rather than what? He, he's a center. He's literally... They don't have another center on the team. Nobody else plays center for that team except Sabonis. Yeah, Holmes plays center. Look at... Yeah, he, he really doesn't. I mean, well, he, I, he I don't know. Center. On NBA on NBA.com, he's a forward center. I don't know if he's eligible I don't know for either. forward at all NBA technically, but we'll roll with it. Go ahead. So I have Kawhi, Sabonis, and I have Dame, Steph. That's our second team. Kawhi. So Steph, Dame, Sabonis, Kawhi, Jokic. Now yes, the Sabonis thing, if, Jokic, I, Sabonis. I can't defend it stats wise. Other forward? Who would you have your other forward? Kawhi. Yeah. And then you had Dame and Steph. Who are your two guards? Dame. So I can't really defend Sabonis when it comes to like his stats. He's not really like a leader in any category. He's, you know, top 10 in some, but his impact is so clear on the Kings. Like it's not just Aaron Fox making all these clutch shots. Like he's kind of Jokic light. And I know, which may feel like it's, in like insulting Jokic, but Sabonis is a facilitator in his own right. He is very smart, high IQ basketball player and the Kings being a three seed. Um, you, you can argue who's been like the better player for the Kings, but these other two guards are ahead of De'Aaron Fox, but I don't think there's a forward that is clear in a way better than what Sabonis and the impact he's made on that team. So that's why I bumped him up higher than De'Aaron Fox when it comes to all NBA. So I just want, I felt like I needed to defend Sabonis. You didn't even challenge me on it. I felt like I needed to defend Sabonis there, but I think it's No, I think so it's Sabonis justified. is my third team center. Okay. So he made my all NBA. He made his third team center. I think that class that... Would you have moved can, him up? When we, can, when we get to third team, that's fine. What's that? Would you have moved him up if he was forward eligible? Probably not because okay. he's a pretty one-way player. But I will say he kind of reminds me he's he's kind of like a he's kind of like a Jokic light in the sense that they run a lot of offense through him. Did you did you are you repeating me or did you not hear me say that? I was looking up something else. Did you call me Jokic light? <laughs> yeah, I okay, sorry, I, missed, I actually yeah. missed that because I was looking something up while you were talking. Okay, so I agree. Um, we agree. So yeah, I agree with you. Jokic light kind of a guy runs the offense through him. Uh, not a not a great shooter but a good finisher, good passer, but he's pretty one way, but is, you can't argue that he, he isn't very impactful when he's on the floor. He's kind of a hard one to appreciate in the same way that Jokic can be, unless you watch them yeah, a lot. Totally. Um, he's also a hustle I, guy. Like he gives effort a hundred percent of the time. He's pretty annoying to play against. Cause you're like, why is this guy beating us? Like he shouldn't, <laughs> right. this doesn't make sense why this guy is, is right. leading his team to, to wins. So, um, that's diving into my third team a little bit. My second team, a little bit, you know, fairly different here. So I had, so we had Jokic and Bede swap. So I have Embiid as my second team center. Um, then I went Durant as my second team forward. Mm. Uh, again, kind of a little bit of a Curry ish pick where the, when he's on the court, his level is so high that he felt like he was above that. And then I went marketing as my second team, all NBA forward. Mm. Uh, and then Shay and Lillard. So we both have Lillard there in the guard. We have Shay and Steph swapped for first team, second team. Uh, Jokic and, and Beat swapped. Jokic and Beat swapped. But then I've got Durant marketing and you have Sabonis Kawhi. 
Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I have Kawhi down on my third team. Okay. Um, I have talk, Laurie talk on us my to your third team. team, and then maybe we can circle back up to some of the players you are considering between first or third and second team. Okay. Let me just confirm something really quick. Gosh, dude, Durant has played 43 games. It's not a lot. He's barely, if he plays the rest of the season, I think maybe he gets to 50. And that's Bro. like the bottom of the barrel line. I wonder, because everyone was kind of surprised how quickly he came back. I wonder if that was for like some sort of contract incentive stuff. Because he came back, he played 16 minutes the other night, right? Or no, at 16 points, he played like 20 minutes. Like he, he, Bill mentioned on the pod, he came back a little early. Who, Kevin Durant says he cares about none of this stuff, so maybe it didn't affect him. But sure. 43 games, that is, that is not a lot. It's, it's granted. I have, I so know, my third I team. I feel great about it, but the forward spot was. So I don't, I, I don't have KD on any of my teams. You don't have Durant on any of your all NBA. No, I don't have KD. I swapped out Braun for KD. You're more of a games played guy than I am. I, <laughs> No, no, no. I just, I, I will partly because of that. Like, that's a really low number. So, on my third team, I have uh, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox. I'm in two guards. Then I have Laurie. Then I have Braun. Then I have AD, which that's okay. my games played guy. AD is my guy that's low on games played. So, say that, say that third team again. So, Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Uh, I have De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Then Lori, Braun, AD. And then AD at the center position. So, yeah. I think this is this is where it starts. My like my leave off list could be an all NBA team. 100%. Um, there are so what was LeBron's games played? LeBron's at 49. Right. So he'll Durant's get to 55. So he'll get to 55-ish if he plays the rest of the way. I don't think there's an actual games played eligibility. That's what I was trying to look up where you're talking. There's an, any actual games played eligibility for All-NBA. I don't think there is. Um, But I do think that a lot of voters, that if like if you don't even clear that 50-game mark, I, I'm, I'm kind of talking myself out of my own Durant pick, but he's just, it's he's, when I look back on this season, I just want to be like, really? Like we want to put, you know, Jimmy Butler in to the all NBA over Durant when Durant's like, like what if Durant, like Durant could feasibly get to the finals this year. And we're going to look back and say he wasn't an all NBA player. Right. It's just, I was thinking back, like when I want to be able to look back on this season and go, the guy who was in the NBA finals or in the conference finals, that who was the best player on that team, it's he was an all NBA player. Yeah, it's, it's the narrative thing that drives it. Like, because in that case, you know, if we're just going based on who do we think is going to, you know, advance the furthest, takes a bonus off or take Laurie off, right? Laurie's not making the playoffs, but he deserves sure. it, you know, based on he definitely his play. deserves it. Yeah. And, and that's what sucks. I mean, Bron, dude, Bron and Graham looking at it, they both are dead even at points at 29. Uh, their rebounds, Braun is like less than two more blocks. KD has one full block more. Assists are very similar. Shooting percentage uh, is, you know, very, well, no, Durant's, you know, five points better in field goal and eight points better three point. So um, statistically, you know, it comes to shooting, he's a little higher too. 
Dude, but what's what's super funny is that until you had said like four minutes ago, oh, I had LeBron in that spot kind of thing. I looked at my list and I was like, oh shoot, I don't have LeBron. <laughs> yeah, Spencer, don't have an don't have an aneurysm. Um, no, it'll just confirm just, Spencer's thinking. <laughs> I just kind of like blanked on it because I just like he'd been injured, but then like. I think I had I think I had Butler in there. I was like, I can't do that. I can't have Butler. Over I, there. I, I, I had Butler in there at one point as well. I mean, my was meant, like, yeah, it's crazy. I was like, I have to. I so look, LeBron is my third team. For you could you could argue LeBron deserves that second team spot, I guess. And Durant goes down. Um, yeah, you could play around with that. But at, so my third team is I have Sabonis as center. I have LeBron at forward. I have Kawhi at forward. And he was, I, I knocked him down because of games played. I think he's only at 50. Um, he missed a lot of, what did Kawhi play? Kawhi's at 47 games played. So he'll get to low 50s. So him and him, Durant, oh, LeBron, similar. they're all going to be in those low 50s number for games I will played. say Kawhi for me is more... <sighs> I, it is more recency bias. Like he's been the second half of the season. He was on a tear. Like he's, he's been on a tear. Good. Like he didn't, it's not just a necessarily like play a few off a few of the beginning. He barely played. And then he's been playing a lot and he's been Kawhi. Yeah. You know, yes, he's finished the season very strong. So of the, yeah, you could say like, yeah, he's played 50 games, but of the last 60, he's probably played or of the last he's, 60, he's probably he's played top 45. Five, yeah. That, top yeah, five, top little. six player of the year or, or in the league. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, I will say I've been I've been impressed at how much he has played once he basically got fully cleared medically. I was actually fairly relieved that he wasn't. He like, I think he's even played in a couple back to backs, which I never thought I'd see. Quite so, so give me your third and team then my again. My last two guards, yeah, last two guards. Or I'll give you the full team. So Sabonis, LeBron, Kawhi. I have Mitchell, same as you, and then I put Booker as that last guard spot over Fox. Wait, so Sabo- oh, Sabonis is your center. Okay, that's just Sabonis is my st- my third team center. So there's my Kings. The guards again. Mitchell and Booker. Oh, you went in Booker. Oh, you left my man Fox off. That's so rude. I left Fox. <laughs> I had so Fox. Mean. I had Fox on there for a little bit, but I just think. Booker's the better player. Like so much of this Fox well, case. So is when you like, say better player, what do you mean by that? Like, he's a better shooter. I understand, a, but overall, yes. But this season better, is what these awards are for. So yeah, he's a better. I would want Booker on my team over Fox, a hundred percent, ten out of ten. But he was also injured for a month and a half. Month? He missed that much time. Let me let me see. Uh, let me see. I have uh, how many games is Booker at? Oh, he's only at forty nine games. Yeah, I think I gotta take off Booker. I didn't realize he only played fifty games. He's forty nine games. That's too low for a player like Booker. And then he doesn't Fox. have the where you at, man. How many points? I'm, I'm sorting this by point score and I can't find Fox. Oh, there you are. Yeah, it doesn't bode well for sixty eight, bro. He's been out there. Yeah. It's a big part of the reason I was trying to get Anthony Edwards on there. Anthony Edwards has played almost every single game this season. Um, I think you could make a case for him. It's it's the tough thing. Like you can you could arguably just pull LeBron, Kawhi, Durant, and like maybe Curry off this entirely just by the fact they missed so many games. And you could put in Anthony Edwards. You could put in Aaron Fox. You could put in you know Jalen Brown as a case for third team forward or guard. You could get oh Jalen Brown was definitely one of like 
I want to try to fit Jalen. I don't have Anthony Davis because he's really more of a center for me. He's missed a lot of time as well. Dude, Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges has played almost the entire season. He's been awesome. I always picked him as my boom player. Because he he's really he he's really is taking a good a option. His overall his like uh, what's he averaging per game? His scoring isn't super high. I just had him pull up. Let's see. Bridges is averaging 19.8 points a game. So 20, 20 points a game, but like four, two, a steal a game, a block a game, some rebounds, some assists, 90% free throw, 47 from the field, hitting some threes. 90% free like, throw. Good for you, man. His scoring has really ticked up since going to Brooklyn as well. Like he's, since he's gotten to that team, he's had a couple 40, or he's had at least one 40 point game, a few 30 point games. I, he, he has really elevated himself once he's been given a little bit more of the keys to, to run with things. So I thought bridge bridges was very near the top of my honorable mention list. Um, yeah, I think we've kind of went through all of my honorable mentions. I, I did throw Kyrie on there because he was an all-star starter. I know yep. the Mavericks have collapsed, but he has still been playing really well. Like Kyrie's had a good basketball season statistically. Same with Harden. Um, yeah, so, Harden totally. has a case for it. That I agree. That third team, when you start pulling those names off, Anthony Edwards, Harden, Paul Fox, George, Bridges, Paul George, poor dude, Porzingis had a case for third team center. He's been really good since, like, for the Wizards this season. He's been scoring really well. He's been efficient. Sure. He's got some block stats that are going. Like, I'm seeing this name right now, and it totally could have been on the bus list, bro. What has happened to Duncan Robinson? <laughs> he's he was what never happened? good enough to really be a, like a bust candidate, but yeah. Woof. I mean, based on the contract he got and what he like, and they just replaced him with Max Struess and he, like trade Yikes. the man, send him to the Wizards, get him to some who? time. I, mean, I, I think the only person you could trade him for is Davis Bertans, who's the other player that got a big contract for one season of sh- three point shooting. Yeah, I mean, send Bertans back to. Oh no, I guess he's. I have the Wizards in my head. All right, well, to run, run, I guess, run through teams again. My first team, Shea, Luca, Tatum, Giannis, and Bede. Your first team is Steph, Luca, Tatum, Giannis, Jokic. Yep. My second team is Steph, Dame, Sabonis, Kawhi, Jokic. Your second team is Shea, Dame, and then I. Marking in. Durant, Durant, and Bede. That's the the Durant one's. It's uh, questionable. It is like I on my own principles. I'm not, I'm not really proud of that one. You've broken like eight of that like eight times that one principle tonight. You've broken. Yeah, it. yeah. And then, you know what, Jesse? Maybe it's just not and, a principle and, anymore. That's and Bede right. for MVP. <laughs> Three in a row. Not today, sir. All you gotta um, do is play one good game. That's it. That's all you need. Play and, once, set a record, and retire for the rest of the season. And my third team is Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Lori, Braun, AD. And your third team is Sabonis, LeBron, Kawhi, Mitchell. And I, I'll go. I'll, I'll put Fox in there because I think Booker. Booker didn't play enough. Doesn't have the legacy bump that I, you know, I'm giving everybody else. So we gotta go De'Aaron Fox there for third team yeah. guard. I, I think the the toughest one for games played and like role and all that stuff. Anthony Edwards not making all the NBA is tough. Mm. He I mean like he hasn't had a great season though, and I think Anthony Davis also might have the biggest qualm. 
Let's see of all positions who's had most games played. Derek White has played 77 games. So who did Jordan you, Poole. So wait, who, give me your six forwards again. Because who do you, so you don't have, you don't have Durant on any of your teams. Well, so I probably, if Sabonis was a center, I would have kicked AD and fit in AD. Okay, yeah, that, that's where you cheated. So if yeah. you had to, <laughs> hold let's on, say you. Hold on, hold on. Hold I don't on, know. I, mean, I didn't cheat. Uh, we don't know if you cheated yet. That's your <laughs> yeah. cheat. That's where okay, that's you said where, that's it where so. You, earn, you said it so earnestly. Oh yeah, that's where you. That's where well, you. I was cheated. just like, how do you? I was like, who do you have in there that like Durant's just out? It, so like, let me just ask you this cute. question. Yeah. If you had some, if you let's say Sabonis isn't eligible at center, would you have done Sabonis or AD for third team center? I would have. I would have told AD to kick rocks. So. Send AD packing, which um, games played for Anthony Davis. And I probably honestly would have moved Laurie up. games. I would have moved Laurie up to second team to be Kawhi and Laurie and then put Bron KD on third. You go Bron KD third. Okay. Yeah. I feel that. Because I just, I just don't feel great. I mean, Bron could be second Butler team Butler Edwards dude. to that third team forward. I don't know. I mean, Bron could totally be second team as well. It's hard to figure out with these guys who have been so good for so long because, like, some of it, it colors is your view of them because you, totally. you can't just watch the season like in just isolation. It's too Dude, hard to just the, like the NBA more, maybe more than any other sport. Like, legacy is such a factor when it comes into voting and awards of any kind, more than the NFL. Totally. But hey, LeBron doesn't care about it actually. So let's get him off this third team. No, KD doesn't care about no, KD, it. No, KD doesn't care about it. LeBron, LeBron definitely really cares can. about it. LeBron loves the legacy stuff. That's hilarious. Until you ask him about it, and they'll go like, "No, that's just you guys making up narratives in the media." I'm, I'm just, I'm just over here watching Godfather for the seventh time. Well, we're going to come out with some playoff uh, action and predictions. We got one week left in the season. This season ends on on Easter. So we will, uh, as we get more solidified with teams, it is wide open in the West. The bottom of the East is kind of interchangeable. but that, Oh, scrapping for that 10th seed. <laughs> yeah, the Bulls and the Pacers, dude. Um, but next week, like Jesse mentioned, we will be talking about Azaleas and Augusta, mm. Georgia. And 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 Nance and who Jesse wants to win, which is Rory, but it's a fantasy pick and it probably won't happen. Uh, we'll be coming know, at you with you some golf. Our our first full go on on the golf bot. I mean, we all want it, you know, especially with what Rory is meant to golf this season. We all want it, but it's you know, will Tiger be out there? Do we know? I haven't seen uh, anything. I haven't seen anything saying he is. Interesting. So I'm, I'm just thinking he of, is. Yeah. But I, I mean, he's definitely it. eligible. He's he's lifetime eligible. So I would I'm I'm operating under the <laughs> <Hot take>. assumption <laughs> Tiger's eligible what? for the Masters. He's definitely. Well, you know, I think he's one enough. Well, no, I, I mean, he's not. I like. I guess one time winners I, aren't I don't always. Think he has a lifetime back. eligibility for all majors. The Masters really? is the only major tournament that gives you lifetime eligibility for winning it. Interesting. Who? So none who, of the other. None of the other tournaments do that. What old head? A uh, Hall of Famer was saying that the Masters is the fourth best ma- or the fourth worst major. Uh, Who it was said one of the that? live guys? It was um, it was uh, he's a South African, right? I know it was um, oh jeez, he's he he's won like eight majors. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Um, it's not Norman, the the other no, live guy. Well, no, he's technically not yeah, a live guy. Yeah, actually, he's not a live guy. You said that. Um, I was like, is he a live guy? 
Gary Player. Sorry, Gary I didn't have Player. to finish typing it out. I was just like, oh my gosh, no, he's mad because the Augusta National banned his son from the con- from the oh like, no the way. facilities for various things. His kids are kind of crazy. He's kind of crazy, but his kids are also like have very questionable like uh, uh, business dealings and. There, there's been some weird they things. They banned him. Anyways, so apparently one, uh, supposedly one of the player children has been banned from the premises. And oh, so now so player, Gary Player that's is super re- salty. <laughs> and so he goes, it's the that's fourth incredible. best. That's amazing. So just petty. Take. It's uh, just such, oh, dude, he's super petty. That's amazing. Anyways, you love to hear it. Tune in next week to hear all the fun about Augusta Masters preview. Thanks for coming along with us on this NBA awards show among other things. I can't even keep track of the topics we cover now. Uh, enjoy your weekend. We'll try and get this. Hopefully this will be released Saturday morning or late Friday night. It's Friday evening currently, so I'll get after it. But Jens, parting thoughts for us? Uh, no, I'm good. But yeah, just one more thing. <laughs> uh, you guys are the greatest fans out there, man. Love you guys dearly. Have a fantastic weekend. Play around a golf or go shoot some hoops or drink a nice bottle of wine with your significant other. And we'll see you Monday for Masters Week. Adios.